The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The nursing industry is one of the fastest-growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Hello, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing, and I am Leanne Meyer. I want to welcome you back and thank you so much for listening, sharing with friends and coworkers. What I'm hearing uh, from my producer is that we are breaking new ground with this show as a forum for nurses. There is nothing out there, particularly in this format, for nurses to talk to each other, so I think this is um, really exciting. Um, I have been hearing from nurses, employers, patients, relatives of nurses, and so many more from seven different countries. Uh, Let's continue to grow this brave new world of nursing dialogue to be a haven for nursing issues. If you have any issues you'd like to talk about, I'm very happy to hear about them. If you would like to support this program in whatever way, or if you know of organizations or individual people who would love to sponsor this show, there are many ways to do that at various levels. Just contact me at leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Today's show, we're talking about tips on handling crisis. If you are a nurse, you will encounter all sorts of emergencies and crisis in the course of your career. It simply is part of the job, but it does not have to be a disaster. In fact, with good leadership and teamwork, it should look to others like you have it all in hand. This particular episode will be a discussion with myself and Nancy Sawyer, who is an RN mentor, compassionate big thinker. And she and I are just going to try to remember some things that have happened to us and some tips on how to deal with some of those issues. Um, Spoiler alert, resolution doesn't start when you're in the middle of the crisis. So, uh, Nancy, would you like to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about how you got into nursing and maybe what, what keeps you here? Uh, I'm Nancy Sawyer. I have been an RN in over 40, 45 years. Uh, a bedside nurse for many of those years have some managerial, but basically in obstetrics and later on in high-risk obstetrics, uh, which certainly led to a lot of crisis. But before we get into our program, I just want to thank you for listening, but also to uh, remind you that nursing is one of the most amazing professions out there and is there's so many more opportunities than there were years ago. So thank you for listening, and um, remember you have each other, and you can always look to a mentor. 
It's one of the things that is really great there. Uh, as far as uh, um, uh, what do I say? An industry, it uh, healthcare is in general doing the best of any industry really around the world, and part of that is because of the number of people who are aging and will need this care. So if you're looking for something you want to be a very stable job, long-term, and something that you can count on, this would be it. In addition, you can grow in this career. So wherever you start or however you enter the career, you can just keep adding to your abilities through training, through going to more schooling, uh, connecting with other people, and finding out kind of what's out there. So that's part of what we want to do with this show, too. Um, today's show about uh, dealing tips and handling crisis. Uh, as I thought about this, I was thinking about, well, what are some of the crises I can remember? The first one that I remember after graduating from a nurse and being out on my own uh, working in a hospital in Denver, uh, I thought I was uh, t- making rounds on patients in the middle of the night, and I found a patient in cardiac arrest. Um, I was the only nurse and my aide had just gone on break. I panicked and ran out of the room. Fortunately, I ran to the desk and called the code through the operator. Um, I was mortified by my action and determined to be more prepared for emergencies in the future. Of course, what I should have done was to stay with the patient, push the code button in the room, flatten his bed and begin CPR and stay there until the team arrived. Um, I never did anything like that again, but preparing for it is all of what gets us uh, to the the right end. So um, is there anything you'd like to share, Nancy, of early uh, crises? Well, when Leanne asked me to think about uh, crises, certainly in all these years, there have been uh, lots of crises, but I think the most traumatic uh, for me, and certainly the situation itself was so painful, was uh, the my earlier profession, like Leanne, just a relatively new grad, but I really thought I had a handle on what this was all about, and I really was um, very feeling very on top of the world. Uh, that particular shift, um, I was working in a newborn nursery, and um, just, you know, around looking at the babies, we got them out to their moms and so on, and I walked, you know, through the nursery, and one of the babies was blue and not, not breathing. And I panicked, uh, shook the baby a little bit, did uh, mouth-to-mouth, and absolutely no response. And so I remember running to the hallway and yelling for help. Somebody called a pediatrician, um, uh, and the baby ended up, you know, the baby expired. Um, what that led in terms of what my choices were after that was I will, I will not put my patients in this situation ever again without uh, proper pre- uh, preparation. Right. And those are the things, uh, you know, every nurse has those experiences which we wish we could erase and, you know, go backwards. But for me, the important thing is what did we do after that? And you did exactly the right things to be able to prepare yourself for the next situation, not just yourself, but other people uh, in your um, on your department. And to that point, uh with, we'll be talking about communication off and on through this uh, this um, session. And to when something like that happens to you, or uh, it, the best thing you can do is talk about it and share it with somebody else, because no, it'll be repeated if it's not shared. And and uh, to not, we will make mistakes, but to not keep it a secret. 
but to share it so so right. we grow from it. And from a positive point of view, not in a shaming way. And we'll talk about that as we go along. So as I hinted in the beginning of this discussion, um, uh, dealing with a crisis situation or, or trying to resolve a crisis does not happen when the crisis starts. It really has to happen much, much further before that. And so there are some things that we can do as nurses to prepare ourselves. I had uh, an instructor one time that used to say, plan for emergencies. Every shift you come on, plan for emergencies. I thought that was dumb. Why would I want to do that, you know, and bring something into my um situation but boy I tell you after a few emergencies I realized oh yes this is something I need to do and what I realized was the best thing to do was to develop and use good habits every day do those good habits when I followed those uh, plans and did them uh, routinely I knew that I was going to be as on top of the situations I dealt with as humanly possible so um Uh, Yeah, let's just talk about that for a minute. So one of the things I found was to get to work early, uh, early enough to be able to get your assignment, write it down, get the basics of the needs of each patient you have, have an overall kind of idea, and some of that will come when you are are receiving report. Um, Doing report is done differently now. We used to sit in a room and you heard everything on every patient. And now many times it's a walking round. So you're uh, learning about the patient, probably just your patients from the people who took care of them. Um, So you do want to round on patients as early as possible yourself. So what you're doing is you're assessing for yourself uh, what they see as their priorities and give the patients a heads up on what's going on from the doctor's point of view, what they have planned for them. Nancy, any other thoughts about making rounds on patients? I just like to stress, now these, these are things that I developed in all the years of nursing that worked for me, but also uh, some workshops here and there. And I, w- I would like to give to you, and this is the best gift I could give to you, uh, the first thing you say to your patient, and may, by the way, you want, if say you have uh, one patient or five patients, you want to see all of them um, and, and introduce yourself before you go act into the cares. And what I like to say to patients is my goal and our goal, common, uh, our common goal is that you feel respected, that you feel informed, that you feel safe, and you feel cared for. And if any of that is missing, I want to know about it. I'll try to stay organized in terms of what your needs are. If I don't come back with something, here's my telephone number, please call me. And I want to remind all of you, too, not to say to, to patients or family, we're very busy today. You, their job is not to take care of you. You will be taking care of them. That is such a good point, Nancy. And I have, I hate to admit it, but I remember days when things were so bonkers that I found myself telling patients that, you know, things are really busy and, you know, just kind of give me a break, basically. And I was actually inviting them to take care of me, um, as opposed to realizing that they didn't need to know what was going on for me. It was important that I take care of them. Uh, and so it took me a while to learn that, um, but it's very important. They need to feel safe no matter what is going on on Absolutely. the unit. I want to inter- interject, too, that uh, different hospitals, different clinics uh, have different cultures. And uh, I, I've learned also that 
the best thing I can I can do for a patient is remind them that we are all in a team, whether it's a physician, a, a, a lab person, x-ray person, housekeeping, that we are all part of the team. And if one of us drops our, the ball, the whole team suffers and ultimately the patient suffers. Exactly. That's so important. And it also encourages them that they know that you work together and like each other um, and they're hearing positive things Absolutely. from the hallway, maybe, um, you know, encouragement of each other or whatever it, it would be. It also makes them feel uh, more secure that it doesn't have to be one nurse that all of these people are looking Absolutely. out for me. So as you're moving around the department, you know, again, planning that for that emergency, I learned to walk down the halls and think, um, what if a crisis happened right now? What would I do? Um, so I would always be aware of where am I at with my med passes, my treatments, IVs. Is there anything that I could do sooner than later? Um, how about how up to date is your charting? And do you have a buddy? And is that buddy informed of what's going on with your patients and when you might need to utilize them? When you need to go on a break? Um, perhaps you need help with lifting. Those are the kinds of things you want to make sure that your buddy knows what's going on and also listening to them of what's going on in their situation. And on the topic, too, of the buddy system, uh, that's easier said than done, uh, particularly if you're a newer nurse or, or if, not, uh, if not newer, maybe newer to that station. And you, you want to you wanna, uh, present the picture that you're on top of it again. Uh, but I always suggest that you find somebody that that you trust, that you can ask questions of, and and solidify that be, the, the beginning of the shift. Is it okay, Mary, if I come to you with questions? You know, and 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 it, it's amazing that how that'll help you relax and give better care when you have somebody because it's teamwork. It isn't you're not doing this by yourself. That's for sure, and you need to be thinking of yourself as part of that team. What can I do for someone else? Do I have a minute? Who yeah, needs absolutely. something? Uh, it's amazing how that comes back in spades for you later. So you do want to stay on top of your work and do anything that you can do. I always tried to chart uh, whatever was happening uh, to do it as close to the time it happened as possible, not to wait. Many of my friends would wait until the end of the shift to chart. And then if something goes wrong, and often that's when things go absolutely. wrong is at the end of the shift, um, that opportunity may never come up and things get missed or lost. So, um once you've gotten those good habits set in stone and you do them routinely, then you need to think about planning ahead of any problem or uh, in a debrief after you've experienced a crisis. One of the things you can do ahead of time is define the potential problems that could occur on your department. Um, you want to be able to get input from the rest of the team. Think about what they have experienced in the past or uh, what could possibly be a situation for them. Um, so if you have a functional team, that's actually pretty easy to do. If you don't have a functional team or you have an actual dysfunctional team, that's probably the place you need to start. Um, I can give an example of as an assistant manager in OB, I had one weekend crew that worked very well together. They were just like a well-oiled machine with each other. And um, the other group were always in competition with each other, always argued about who got to work in which area and who, which patients they would have, et cetera. Um, it just 
gave me a headache right from the start of the shift. It reminded me a lot of high school girl cliques. And sometimes this can happen in hospitals where all women are working together. So we have to keep setting a model of professional behavior and reinforcing that professional behavior in each other. That's a really, really good point. We are part of the culture that we work in. So remember, you always have a choice in terms of being part of that culture. I came from a small hospital where we all, we, we, we partied together and there wasn't any, there was no hierarchy and we merged with another hospital where it was just the opposite. So we have a choice. Do we want to do what we can to better it again for the patient or do we want to get sucked into the negativity? Yes. Uh, the best compliment somebody gave me is don't ask Nancy to gossip. She won't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's really great, and it is so easy to get into that and even get into trouble with confidentiality issues, not intending to. So making sure you're thinking about yourself as a professional nurse, and um, uh, if if, uh, your instructor or somebody you really admire um, was watching you, would you be proud of yourself in that moment? And that's always been helpful for me. Um, So... uh, We are going to take a little break here in just uh, a couple of seconds. Um, I think we're having some really good discussion here. If you're just tuning in uh, right now, this has been, we're having a topic or discussion on tips on handling crisis. And I'm here with Nancy Sawyer, who has a wealth of experience and background with dealing with many different kinds of crises. So um, I hope that you will stay connected with us and we will be back in just a couple of minutes. to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer, and I am here with Nancy Sawyer, and we're talking about tips on handling crisis, uh, particularly in hospital situations. Um, We've been talking about developing good habits prior to any kind of a situation happening. Very important to establish those and then do them every day so that uh, you know that you you are as on top of the situation as you can possibly be. And then we were just getting started talking about planning ahead, um, dealing with any problems that could come up or, or have come up uh, to make sure that we are thinking about them ahead of time and we have an idea and that we're communicating to everyone on our team so that it's sort of like the fire drill concept. If you have done this so often that it's just, you know, second nature to do whatever you've you've practiced and planned on, then there is no um, confusion. Uh, Everybody knows what their job is, and they go ahead and do it. In that point, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Uh, Another little example that we may think we've shared what we need to share about the patient, and because we've taken care of that patient uh, day after day, we may leave something out. Uh, to that point, I want to share with you that when I was, again, a newer nurse, I was helping on a med surge floor. They had a locked unit where the people who were more confused, uh, it, it was literally locked, and I was asked to cover for a break. So I went in and asked the gal who was taking care of the patients if there's anything she needed to tell me. The patients were sitting at their bedside at tables eating. She said, no, I'll be back in a half hour, and off she went. So um, but. 15 minutes later, one of the patients said, I'm ready to go back to bed. And, uh, and she was sitting with her legs covered. And I said, fine, you need help getting up. And she said, well, just a little. So I put my arms underneath her, you know, I'm going to rotate her to uh, the bed and uh, went to stand her up. She had, she was an amputee from her knees down. Okay. And those are things that <laughs> By the way. can happen in, in trying not to sound too surprised or look too surprised to the patient and, and you know just say um, I, I uh, would like to in, in fact in those situations I often ask the patient how they want to be transferred mm-hmm. because they are usually most uh, aware of what works best for them and they are often very very appreciative when you're willing to do what <coughs> they feel works for them so um, so we had talked about uh, planning, making plans ahead of time, um, and we had also talked about how sometimes um, uh, when clicks, when teams are not functional, uh, they can have behaviors that have started maybe in the past and uh, are not helpful to a professional situation. So even if you're not the leader of that group, you can be the person who models professional behavior and does not, I think Nancy was saying, people knew that she was not somebody that was going to gossip. Um, So uh, if you are the leader of that group, it's really important that you know what the strengths and weaknesses are of each person. Each person can contribute positively to the group. 
sometimes we think, oh, that person is such a pain in the butt and um, they're, they're not really helpful and we sort of ignore them. We give them negative mes- messages that only make them uh, do those things even more, it seems like. So um, many times it's not the designated leader that people truly follow. Oftentimes it's that person who is an informal leader, uh, the person who just does their job, does it so well. Other people know on the team that that's the go-to person to ask about things. And um, many times it's the um, behaviors they show that become the transfer to the rest of the staff because they can see, oh, in this situation, I could behave this way that is more professional and I would feel better about myself. Absolutely. And I think it's important that every member of the team, with the emphasis on the word team, feel valued. Yes. So there's not one job in this crisis that's more important than another. Exactly. Uh, so very important. And that is especially not just the nurses, but also it might be your age, your LPNs. Exactly. It could be the housekeeper. It could be the person who brings up trays for you. Uh, just a simple thank you is amazing how that can help when you're in a crisis and you need their help. They're willing to go the extra mile for you. Mm-hmm. So um, as I said, you know, knowing your, your uh, staff and knowing what their strengths and weaknesses are, um, uh, sometimes um, people who have like an ego um, attitude about it, I'm the best, I know what to do, often have a hard time hearing from other people what could work or what might work better. And so we really, um, they're some of the hardest people uh, to work with. Um, they can be petty, pretty judgmental of other nurses, regardless of the reality of the strengths and weaknesses. So uh, some people in this category, uh, I, I have experienced, saw themselves as just as capable, capable as the very best nurse, when in fact they were not as capable as they thought. What that said to me is that before a crisis or in a situation, I needed to take them aside and do some training and teaching and support. Uh, And then in addition, uh, recognizing behavior that was what I was looking for and um, reinforcing that behavior. Uh, uh, also, by knowing the people's personalities, uh, sometimes uh, people work on their own simply because by personality, they do better better work on their own. Um, they may feel more comfortable, uh, but we still need to know when is the time to bring them in as a team and to appreciate the, the way that they do work uh, on their own. You need to know the difference uh, between whether somebody is Uh, has a negative um, trait that is a personality thing that perhaps could be discussed and worked on together or um, whether it's something that's actually a strength for them and to utilize that strength for the benefit of the team. I think we all know these people who in in their uh, quest to help us actually tend to take over. And that, for me, was more challenging than dealing with crisis on its own because I was kind of pushed to the side sometimes. And so you have to be strong enough to say, I, I would, this is what I would, this would be more helpful for me. I appreciate your input, but if you can do this, then I'll do that. And whether it's documentation, calling a physician, whatever, but that, that's, that's difficult. In- 
I absolutely agree with that. And sometimes you can't do it in the situation if Mm -hmm. you're in front of a doctor or you're in front of patients or family or whatever. But certainly as soon as possible, pull the person aside. And again, in a very positive but strong way, let them know that if they want your help, this is the way to ask for it and you'll be more than happy to help in that way. Um, so another thing that we talked about earlier when Catherine Todd and Betsy Stites were here a few weeks ago is developing a culture of positivity and support and cooperation. And those things have to happen on good and bad days. So um, hospitals have been known to be pretty petty places. Um, we talked before about some of those situations. Um, having talks that praise individuals and bring up their strengths to others can be hugely helpful. Uh, Maybe commenting, uh, you know, who could be really helpful to you with that is Jane. She's great in this area. Um, I can think of another situation where we, some of the things that nobody wanted to have to do was to go back to medical records and fill in charting that hadn't been completed. And on an audit, we would find out as the leaders that who needed to do that. And so realizing how much I hated to do it, I created a card that was sort of like a greeting card and on the front of it said, you're great. And then you open it up and it would say, uh, would you like to go for exceptional? And then I would list for them the things that they needed, the patients they needed to chart on and what specific areas needed to be charted on. So even though it was a task they didn't want to do, it made everybody chuckle and it it still made them feel like they were appreciated. And it didn't feel like a penance or that we were saying, you did something wrong, but rather, here's something that we need to follow up on. I had a manager who would say, no matter what you're saying, you can always add a little sugar to it. (laughs) I like that. So, um, so uh, also, also creating fun on the unit, mm-hmm. and sometimes people <clears throat> think, oh, this is a professional unit, and we have to be very, very serious, and usually that works against you. If people can have fun and laugh together, when things are really tough, they will come together uh, and help each other, but having that com- camaraderie of a positive feeling about each other and the unit. And the patients um, love it. Oh, and patients the patients love it. Love yeah. it. yeah, absolutely. So um, I've had managers who have done things like uh, creating chair massages for their nurses maybe a couple times a week um, that they can just get their shoulders rubbed and, um, you know, something along that line. Many times it could be just something silly. Um, maybe it's, uh, in fact, today I was looking at the Internet and I saw a, a glove Christmas tree. So, you know, how these um, gloves, the vinyl gloves or whatever, you can blow them up and then tie them off. So that's what they did. They had blown up all these balloons and they'd put them in order to make it look like a Christmas tree. And people had put uh, ornaments, actual (laughs) Christmas ornaments on it. It was hilarious. And I can imagine how much fun the staff would have had with that. Um, Things like when things are not going well, uh, making sure your staff gets breaks even if they're just quick breaks making sure they have food if they can't go down to a cafeteria or even take time to eat their own food making sure you've ordered food up and making sure you relieve them so that they can go and take that short break I think with all this too to remember that um, again I think personally that a good manager is what makes it is it's so responsible for creating the culture we're talking about and um, I'll uh, remember uh, going from a labor room quick back with a prolapse cord 
back to surgery, coming across my manager and say, and said, Jane, scrubs now. And I said it kind of in jest, but she was like, showed up five minutes later in scrubs and, and pitched in. And we, the, you know, our outcomes were better. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, that that leader is just not about the paperwork and pushing pencils or, uh, you know, what comes back, that she's in it for the whole ride. Absolutely. That she is willing to be there mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. need her. Um Another thing that we did one time was we had a bulletin board and we had cards in each of the patient's rooms that were um, for them to write down at the moment um, something about one of the employees or even a housekeeper or anybody that they had done especially well and that the patient wanted to remember to thank them for. Um, it even got to be uh, something that we did for each other. So we found that people started looking for things in each other that they could praise Mm -hmm. as opposed to looking for things in each other they could gossip about and say, you know, we're not good about this person. And it just really helped. Even sometimes uh, maybe someone who was a very strong nurse was uh, praising someone who was weaker um, that weaker nurse, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't even know she knew my name. I can't, you know, I can't believe that she was actually watching what I did and she took the time to write it down. Well, can we say too much to somebody who did a nice job or just, you know, to keep, you know, really watch what people do and comment on it? That's, that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your, your team building. Yeah. And thank you goes a long way. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out thing. But if it is something specific, many times if you can say, I really appreciated when you came into the room with the linen without me even asking, I can't tell you how much I appreciated that. So it can be small things. But this is how you build uh, a team. Uh, you build a functional team. Um, and I like what you said, excuse me for interrupting, no, about fine. role modeling. Uh, to, to go in and if a patient's in the shower and her bed isn't made, make it. And uh, I, I remember a patient saying to me, what, that's not your job. And that's a good, good uh, segue into we don't have jobs here. We all, we all have things that we can do, but we're, we're, a, we're a team. Whatever is needed to be done, and I have a moment to do it, I'm going to do that. Uh, Many times, those little moments with patients are the times when you learn information that you might never have gotten other than that time. Mm -hmm. I heard uh, one of my student nurses in this last group talk about how much she learned from patients in the bathroom. You know, you've assisted them to the bathroom, and they're sitting there, and all of a sudden, all these kind of... um, uh, private things start coming out that are important to their care, but they've never thought yes, to say totally. about it. But you're just sitting there and they're talking and you're talking and suddenly mm-hmm. you have this information there. So um, the next thing that we um, want to talk a little bit about is um, policies and procedures. We all have these. They're usually in a in a box or they're in a, a clip. a a three-ring binder or something up in a a closet somewhere where nobody ever wants to go. Um, But it's very important that we look at these policies and procedures and make sure that we have what we need, and they should be reviewed periodically as a group. This is pretty deadly dull, and most teams uh, have a hard time doing it. But I found that if I could, again, make it sort of a fun activity, and I try to do it in ways that would connect people who wouldn't normally work together. And so perhaps it would be somebody who enjoys doing policies and procedures and somebody who doesn't, but has Whoever another strength. that might be. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that <laughs> might be. Um, 
But many times in the course of doing that little project, they end up ha- uh, developing a communication yeah. that they might never have gotten to before, and it can come in handy Team in that crisis. Again. Mm-hmm. Say again, I didn't hear that. Team building. Yes, again. it's exactly team building. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing I think about is people who have worked in a unit for the longest period of time, uh, they have the stories. They know what has happened on this unit over a period of time. They know what the crises were, what they did to overcome them, Um they have many great tips on um, that can come out of talking about those stories, and it makes their knowledge accessible to newer people, but it also elevates their contributions uh, as being somebody who knows the history. Um, I've worked with, I remember one lady that was uh, probably 20 years older than me when I was in my 30s, and um she was, I, I, I probably didn't appreciate her as much as I needed to, but boy, when the, the chips were down, she knew exactly what I needed, exactly when I needed it. And even maybe before I knew I needed it, she would have it ready to go for me. And I learned to really appreciate her uh, very much. We need to take another break. It seems like this time is going so very fast. Um, we are talking about tips on handling crisis. And um, I am hoping that you would consider um, contacting us or calling and sharing some of the experiences you've had. The phone number is 1-866-472-5792. And, or you can contact me on leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. We will be looking forward to continuing in just a few moments. Your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. This is Leanne Meyer, and I'm here with Nancy Sawyer. Uh, we're talking about tips on handling crisis. Um, if you're just finding us, uh, I'm uh, uh, just we're sharing about things that come up in the course of being a nurse and working in nursing. Um, we are we were talking previously about uh, various different things, developing good habits and then uh, planning ahead. And now we're talking about making sure we have the policies and procedures we need, need, but not just somewhere in a cupboard somewhere, but actually going over them periodically and making sure we're updating them and that everyone is familiar with them. Not something that many people want to do. Um, we talked about uh, including people, particularly who have been around for a long time. Many times, some of those older nurses, the younger nurses may discredit their knowledge. And in fact, they're the people that hold the stories and they're the people that can really um, help us understand what has happened in the past, what things have been done and what worked and didn't work. But I want to caution both you and I to as a senior nurse not to come across like we know it all and that can that can be demeaning to to other nurses it's like it's kind of like talking about your ex-husband to your (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah so what we need to do is make sure that um uh, we we are looking at are there any other policies that need to be done and sometimes it's after the crisis that that sort of thing starts to come uh, to be more apparent. So um, many people are attracted to nursing are not people who easily change tried and true systems. But what if those systems no longer work or may in fact cause more problems? So perhaps the world has changed and each organization must change with the times. So again, to be able to pair people, maybe the people who are reluctant to change with people who are confident of that change and eager to move forward. The reluctant person now only needs to be embarrassed in front of one person and they that person can learn their strengths and how to be able to bring them along very quickly and quietly that they're again back at that place where they feel like they um, are knowledgeable and strong to the team. Um, so now that we've got a functional, relational, supportive, cooperative team, we're ready to deal with the crises. So... Um, one of the first questions that was helpful for me to, uh, to learn to ask right away when a crisis starts to present is what or who are our resources at any given moment? 
And when I think of this, the first person that comes to mind is one of my supervisors on the night shift. Her name was Elaine Whalen. She was the mother of eight children. She worked her entire life. She was strict, direct, and I was scared to death of her uh, a lot of the time. But she really taught me critical thinking. So when I was, you know, hearing there's three patients coming in and we don't have rooms for them or whatever is going on, my first reaction would always be call in more people. But what I learned over time, and especially I learned with Elaine, is that more people is sometimes worse if you don't know what it is specifically you need them to do. Uh, sometimes they can come and they're just sitting around Absolutely. the desk yeah. trying to, yeah. to you know, find out why am I here and what am I supposed to be doing. So Elaine would always uh, tell me, walk through it. Who are the people coming in? What do you have on your unit already? Um, what are those things that... Um, that can be dealt with by somebody else. So she would always remind me, are there people on call? We sometimes would have somebody that was staying in a room on the unit just in case things got busy or off call. Maybe they're at home and they're, they're expecting to be called if something happens. We had what we called a SWAT team in our in, in-house in one of the hospitals I worked at, which was great because the that person's sole duty was to arrive in whatever crisis was going on anywhere in the hospital and be able to jump in and be able to help mm-hmm. and uh, bring it to some order. The other thing she always would remind me is what time is it? Um, is there somebody still here from a previous shift that maybe we could encourage to help us for a couple of hours? Uh, maybe it's almost time for the next shift to be coming in. Could we call and ask them to hurry a little bit? Um, we also, and, and something I would not have thought of before, she would always say, well, what are the heads of other departments that we could maybe help? Maybe we need housekeeping. Maybe pharmacy could be helpful to us. Um, maybe we need more supplies or equipment. Who are those people who she know that amazing. Yeah, and could yeah. just do that? And then kitchen was always, um, you know, some of those routine things of uh, handing out trays or picking up trays that there are other people that could help with that. And then the last one was always about administration. Uh, were there families that needed to be dealt with or perhaps it was big enough that the press was there and we didn't have the time or the ability to be able to deal with those so um, they were also the people who could who could make big decisions on the fly. Wow. Okay. Um, when we talk about what are the specific needs already on the unit, she would uh, Elaine would always question me as far as um, are most patients stable and maybe only needing lights to be answered. Maybe somebody could sit at the desk and answer phones and answer lights. Um, are there people patients that are um, expected that they uh, could be going home. You know, if we've had people uh, who have been there for a while, could they be diverted to another unit? Um, or are there people in other parts of the building who, who could come and handle just that? And I think in, with that is having a team of nurses or staff who, who can readily say, you know, I'm almost ready to move this patient out. I'll be free, and and I can take this patient and that one while you do. It's really, uh, you know, to involve everybody. Another thing that our uh, manager would do on occasion, she would always round on us, and how are you today? How's your assignment? And actually listen for the answer, mm-hmm. and then check back to see how you're doing. You know, yes. is it resolved? Is there something? Is there equipment that you need? But just that you felt valued, and you felt like you could handle. You tended to give more. Exactly. Because she was giving, you know, again, it goes back to that giving, give and take that we talked about earlier. 
the other thing that I remember back when I first started learning to be a manager was that my I had an excellent manager at that time, and she said a manager's job is really how to smooth the path mm-hmm. for those people doing the work. Um, how to get the obstacles out of their way so they could just focus on the patient and what needs to happen and everything else. They may not even know the obstacles are being removed, but that's what the manager, the leader needs to be doing. And with the, with the reminder always that it's about the patient. It's not about your job and your time and your break or lack thereof or the fact that you really should have gone to the bathroom maybe a half hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but it's about the patient and what it looks like to her. Yeah. And if in the throes of the crisis, um, be sure that you're paying attention to her and that you really are, you know, we're going to take good care of you. This is going to be fine. Uh, don't get into the busy or busy scenario right. uh, and include, I, I feel personally, it's very important to include the family. So during this crisis, that family knows what's going on, what you're thinking, who's coming, who's going, mm-hmm. what your plans are. And we didn't used to do, you know, getting back to the dark ages, by the way. <laughs> We did not talk about, we, there was no discussion between, we did what we had to do, but there was no, um, and then it was done. And that that's, I mean, I'm still, I think I have stuffed in my heart probably 30 years of, no, we're not talking about that. Mm-hmm. So talk about it, yeah. you know. Um, actually, on Minnesota Public Radio yesterday, there was a whole thing about a nurse that that's what she does now. She was in a situation where um, her child died after surgery at 20 months, mm. and nobody would tell her anything of what was going on. And so now she has been hired by that same hospital to deal with any kinds of crises that come up where mm-hmm. she's the person who interacts with the patients, makes sure that they know and understand what happened, what was done or not done. Etc. Um, I found also as a manager that that um, people who felt respected, people who felt they were included in what was happening and given choices along the way, are the least likely people to sue or to be Absolutely. frustrated. Yeah. If you don't fill in information, the the, the family member, the patient, the the whoever else it is, will make up their own. Um, oh, no, that is so right. What it is, and yeah. it's going to be way worse yeah. than whatever the reality probably is. And to go back to a little story too, that <clears throat> we had a man, <clears throat> excuse me, a wonderful man named Michael Leonard who talked about communication and likened hospital to the air, airline industry. And he told a story, um, I, you know, I'm talking about, again, uh, sharing your mistakes, but how he was an anesthesiologist, he was in surgery, patient had a, a surgery on their leg, he had uh, numbed the leg, went to uh, reverse it, and inadvertently numbed it again. So he takes the bottles, which were next to each other, and marches marching down the pharmacy and runs into the two buddies, two other uh, uh, anesthesiologists, and, oh, yeah, we, we've had that happen a couple of times, but didn't talk about it. So the, the mistake kept going on and on. And one of the things he, he uh, really stressed was that um, not talking about something makes it bigger. And then we, you know, like you said, we go off into our own scenario instead of really exactly. dealing with, and the patients won't sue. If you say to them, this is what I did, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. That's where the suits come is when they're, they're, you know, trying to figure out what, they create their own stories. And when you say that, you have to really be sorry. That's right. Yeah. There's, we've had lots of experiences, especially lately, where people are doing the apology, but there's no heart exactly. in it. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. really more... Uh, disrespectful Absolutely. to the patient or family. 
Um, so as I was talking about kind of trying to decide what the situation is on your unit, um, many times a, a situation can be handled uh, on the unit, um, but sometimes it can't. Sometimes we have to bring in other people, like maybe doctors need to be notified about their patient, or maybe we need to receive orders to send them home early or um, transfer them to another unit. Um, sometimes you can use utilize now. They have hospitalists that are in yeah, many absolutely. of the mm-hmm. many of the large hospitals. Who is a doctor who is there, kind of like that SWAT team, there specifically to be able to write doctor's orders to communicate to the the attending physician of that patient, but um, they're immediately not having to wait to get a hold of somebody or have somebody come in. So after the crisis uh, is many times, and this is kind of what Nancy, you were talking about too, is that we don't want to talk about it. The worst thing we can do is to not talk about it, especially with people who are attracted to the nursing profession, tend to be um, very feeling, compassionate people that going home and not being able to talk about that with somebody, they shouldn't be talking about it with families or spouses or friends or any of those type of people so it's really important especially after large crisis to be able to sit down with the people who Mm -hmm. were involved Um, one of the largest crises I ever had was just a horrible day that a mother died uh, suddenly of an amniotic embolus have you ever run across that Mm -hmm. I have seen it um, twice and I hope I never ever see it again So in that case, the husband had to make horrendous decisions in just seconds. Um, Amniotic embolus is when part of the um, amniotic fluid is sucked up into the placenta, say if the placenta is released from the wall. And in that is, uh, could be bowel movement, it can be um, fingernails, it's hair, it's all kinds of stuff that gets sucked just like a vacuum right into the mother's body. And that goes various different places, but if it goes in, in certain areas, it can kill her very quickly. So in this situation, within about three to four minutes, we knew the mother was dead and we were not going to be able to resuscitate her. And um, so at any rate, it was very important um, to be able to talk about this afterward. And we did that. And the the chaplain came in and uh, informed us uh, that we would talk more about this as time went on. So um, all of these things are so very important along the way to to have good habits, to prepare, to be able to communicate with others. Very important for us to do those things. I can't believe it, but we've actually come to the end of this session. And um, so this was been on tips on handling crisis and um, just exploring the world of, of how to deal with these most effectively. Um, patients come to us when they are in need and they depend on us to hold them as important no matter what else is going on with us personally or on our unit. So just as um, Nancy was saying, it's always important that we make our patients feel respected, informed, safe, and cared for. So I hope that these few tips have been helpful for you and I hope that you will come back next Monday and listen to us again. Thank you so much for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing with me, Leanne Meyer, and today, Nancy Sawyer. 
Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.